are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there. You can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got a, I got a few things I want to talk to you guys about. Well, uh, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. A little stutter there. I'll talk to you about the three players the D-backs chose to tender uh, during yesterday's non-tender deadline. So they gave three guys the option to give them a contract in 2021. I'll talk to you guys about some rumors about another NL West rival about who they might be interested in free agency. We're going to look at Bleacher Report's one prediction for every major league team. They're predicting one trade for every major league team. So we'll look at their prediction for a Diamondbacks trade this offseason. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with some Mike Trout versus Mookie Betts debate. Uh, had some pushback on Twitter, so we'll get into all that and more. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Dimebacks, listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into it. And yesterday was a non-tender deadline, as I mentioned. So teams had to decide for their players who were arbitration eligible they had to decide whether they want to get them contracts in 2020 and yesterday the d-backs had three guys who were eligible to be non-tendered and if you do get non-tendered you become a free agent automatically so they tendered these three guys and those three players are carson kelly luke weaver and caleb smith and all three of them were pretty much no-brainer one because it wasn't that expensive to do carson kelly is only going to be projected to make $1.3 million if he goes through arbitration. And he's a super two, which basically means he gets one extra year of arbitration. So he's going to have the next four years of arbitration. So if he starts to ball out, the backs are going to be able to control him and be pretty cost effective when it comes to Carson Kelly. Same with Luke Weaver. He's only projected to be $1.5 million, So that's not a lot either. And Caleb Smith is projected to make the same amount as Carson Kelly, one3 now, the other reason why they need to tender them is because they are all big deals in terms of the investment that the D-backs placed on these players. They traded for all three of them. They traded for Caleb Smith at this year's trade deadline, part of the Starring Marte trade. And then Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly were part of the Paul Goldschmidt's trade. So the D-backs have pretty big time investment in these three players and they all fill a hole that the D-backs have on their roster, or at least they'll create a hole if the D-backs 
did non-tender them. For Carson Kelly, we wouldn't have a catcher. Yes, we would have probably Steven Vogt still there, but he's more of a, a, a veteran. He's more of a utility guy. He can't be an everyday catcher. Luke Weaver, look, he has the makeup and the stuff to be a number two, number three starter, but he hasn't proven it yet, but he's way more valuable on the team than not on the team. And for a guy who's only projected to make $1.5 million, you have to tender that kind of contract. And then Caleb Smith, he looked pretty good last year with the D-backs. Now, he didn't play a lot. He was working his way back from COVID, so the whole year he kind of was just building up his arm strength and just slowly working his way back but in the little bit he did pitch for the d-backs this season he did have a two four five year array in just 11 innings not a lot as i said but three earned runs in 11 innings 9.8 strikeouts per nine that was pretty good and he's still only 28 years old so he's a little bit older than luke weaver and carson kelly but they're all still right there around the same age so the d-backs need to tender those three players and for three guys that are all projected to make less than $2 million each, you had to. You can't let those kind of assets walk. They've been screwed by letting their assets walk before. In 2019, one of their non-tender uh, candidates was Taiwan Walker, and he went on to have a 2.7 ear rate this year. He was really good this year, and I would love if the D-backs could bring him back because they need that rotation help. And Taiwan Walker, I thought, was a stud this season. Again, another player I had in fantasy. So the D-backs did a good job this year of letting their three non-tender guys be tendered and decide that, hey, we're going to give them contracts in 2020 instead of saying thanks but no thanks. So good job to the D-backs for tendering those three players because they understood uh, the asset was better to keep than let it walk away. Now let's look at those giant rumors. Or excuse me, I didn't tell you which NL West team it was, but it is the San Francisco Giants in case you didn't know. And uh, reportedly, reportedly, the Giants are interested in Marcel Azuna. And Marcel Azuna, if you guys don't know, this guy has been a flat-out stud the last couple of years in the National League. In 2016, All-Star. 2017, All-Star. He was an All-Star in 2018 or 2019, but in 2020, he would have been an All-Star. Led the National League in home runs in 2020. He was 29 home runs and 23 home runs in 2018 and 2019. And if you go back to 2017, he finished 15th in MVP voting, Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, had 37 home runs that year. I believe that was the year John Carlos Stanton won the uh, MVP that season, and this guy's just been a stud through the last five years of his career. If you look at his numbers, they're phenomenal, and still, even if you just take his career numbers, they're they're still great. He's a career 276 hitter. His OBP is only 335, but 2020, he had a 431 OBP. It was 376 in 2017. It was uh, 328 in 2019. So we've seen him have a high OBP before. And his OPS for his career is that at 801. It was 1067 2020. That was a 924 back in 2017. So this guy has super high potential, super high ceiling. He's basically a middle of the order kind of bat. And he's more of a corner outfielder slash DH. I think he played primarily DH this season for the Braves. So the biggest question mark for him is going to be is the dh going to be around in 2021 and we don't know yet we don't know if the universal dh is going to still be around that that's probably the biggest strength for marcel azuna is that you want him in that dh spot he can play the corner outfielder as i mentioned he did win a gold glove in 2017 but he's a little bit he's a little bit more stocky as an outfielder here he's a little bit more hefty and he looks like a guy 
who should be the middle of your order, but I don't know if he should be an everyday corner outfielder. He probably has a couple more years in that position, and as he gets older, he's probably going to have to move to designated hitter. But Marcelo Azuna is such a stud, and this is a guy that I would love the D-backs to get if they could afford him. But unfortunately, he's going to be right out of their price range. But for the Giants, if they could get him, that would be nasty. That would be a huge addition to their team. And it would definitely hurt the D-backs a lot because they would have to go against this guy uh, way too many times during the season. But the Giants can add him to the outfield with already having Mike Yastrzemski out there, who's been a stud for them the last couple of years. With a Marcel Azuna, you're going to have your two corner outfield spots solidified. And then it's all about who you want to be your center fielder. They had Mauricio Dubon last year in center field, but maybe you want to go Alex Dickerson, who's who just came off arguably the best season of his career in 2020, even though it was only 52 games. He had some career highs uh, in, in his stat line. So... The Giants are a team on the up and up. They were a team that I didn't think had a chance to make the postseason last year. And they finished better than the D-backs. They finished in third place, even ahead of a team like the Colorado Rockies. So the Giants definitely turned some heads in 2020. And if they could add a Marcelo Zuna, then they're really going to put themselves in prime position to make the playoffs next year in 2021. And for the D-backs, it's going to be another free agent that they probably will miss out on. I know they don't want to break the bank. I know they don't want to give a guy like Marcelo sell Azuna a huge contract, but I don't think Azuna's going to get a long-term contract. I think he's going to get a fat short-term deal, maybe a two, three-year deal for around $70 million, maybe something like that. Three years, $70 million, maybe two years, something around $50 million, but I think he's worth it. He's that kind of offensive uh, machine and maybe not that much maybe he gets around 18 to 22 but still I think I would be comfortable paying our uh, Marcel Zuna 18 million over the next two years and if the D-backs want to offer him a two-year 40 million dollar deal I wouldn't hesitate to jump on that I, I wouldn't hesitate to to I wouldn't knock my case at all if you want to do that so for the D-backs they're probably gonna be out on the Marcel Zuna sweepstakes but if the Giants are able to nag or nab, I should say, not nag, nab a guy like Marcel Zuna. That would be huge for their team and definitely put them in the mix, not to win the NL West division, but definitely in the mix to make the postseason in 2021. Now, coming up, I'll talk to you guys about Bleacher Report's one trade prediction for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and we'll get into that Mike Trout versus Mookie Betts debate. But first... Alright, let's get back into it and let's first look at Bleacher Report's one trade prediction for every team and let's look at the Arizona Dimebacks and for the D-backs, their trade prediction is just unloading Eduardo Escobar. They don't have a team here that they want Escobar to go to, they don't have a player in return or a package that the D-backs could get in return. They're just basically saying trade Eduardo Escobar and their reason is it's a cost-cutting move. We know the D-backs, most probably lost money during this pandemic and they're already a team that doesn't like to spend money they are already the nl version of the oakland a's they're not out here trying to spend money so they want a cost cut move uh yes escobar is definitely a, a kind of guy to do that now it's not going to make a ton of money uh, a ton of money next season it's only projected around or not even projected he's only going to make 7.7 million dollars in 2021 
There's guys like uh, uh, Cole Calhoun who's going to make more than him, a David Peralta who's going to make the same amount. But those two guys were more productive than Escobar in 2020. But we've seen Escobar's ceiling. We saw him back in 2019 when he was arguably the second best player in that D-backs lineup in 2019, just after Quetzal Marte. The dude was a stud. He, he basically put up career highs across the board, 35 home runs, 118 ribbies. The guy was a stud for this D-backs team offensively. It really helped carry the load, and his uh, versatility by playing multiple uh, defensive positions helped a lot as well because you never you always need guys who can do that because you never know with injuries. And Escobar was just a solid player when it came to playing third base, second base. He could do a lot. I even think over time, maybe he could project to be a first baseman with the weight he's been putting on. But we need to see him lose some weight, honestly. And if he does that in 2021, I think Escobar could be in line for a bounce back. And hopefully the D-backs will be in line for a bounce back. I wouldn't want to see Escobar just be moved for a cost-cutting uh trade I, I don't think that that's not how i work that's not how i operate especially in a sport of baseball where there's no salary cap i don't think you should be cost cutting a fan favorite like escobar just to save some money so i wouldn't be on board with that at all i hope the d-backs are able to keep him and if they do want to trade him because they want to save some money hopefully they take that money and go out there and spend it in free agency now Let's get to this Mike Trey, uh, Mike Trey, Mike Trout versus Mookie Betts debate because on Twitter there was a little question. It was a question by the Athletic, and they said, "Who would you rather have?" They said, "You can only choose one for the rest of his career. Would you rather have Mike Trout or Mookie Betts on your team?" And I said, "The guy with one career playoff hit or the guy with two World Series rings." And then I accompanied that tweet with the Michael Jordan gif, stop it, get some help. And man, did I have a lot of replies on here. And a lot of them were by uh, some of my coworkers here at Locked On, uh, just at Locked On, mostly the MLB side, of course. I got Jeff from Locked On Dodgers. He was asking me about who you would rather want, John Lackey or Mike Trout, because he's basically making it seem like it's all about rings with me in my debate of Mookie Betts versus Mike Trout. But that's comparing apples and oranges. Ask me, who would I rather have, John Lackey or Mike Trout? Of course I would rather have Mike Trout. I just don't think John Lackey is that elite of a pitcher. If you told me a better pitcher, I probably would have taken him over Mike Trout. And then Dylan Short, I've had him on the pod before. Locked on Braves. He said, who would you rather have, Bumgarner or DeGrom? And I said, if it's the postseason, give me Bumgarner. I know DeGrom's a stud in the regular season, but is there a better postseason pitcher than Bumgarner? I'm sorry. I haven't seen it from DeGrom to say I would rather have. Uh, I haven't seen it from DeGrom to say I would rather have him over Bumgarner. And I had some other replies, too, on here. And all anyone can tell me is that it's not Mike Trout's fault. He's on a terrible team. Look at the Angels organization. What have they done for him? Nine years. He hasn't done anything. And I agree with all that. I believe that Angels organization is awful. I believe they haven't put a really competitive team around Mike Trout outside the first couple years in, uh, of his career. If you go look at Mike Trout's first couple years, the Angels offense was pretty good. Those first three or four years, they did have a top 10 offense in baseball. But besides that, you know, the last five years of his tenure with the Angels, they have been a terrible organization. I'm not going to make any bones about that. The Angels are bad. They haven't helped out Mike Trout at the slightest, really. They're, they're awful at putting talent around Mike Trout. But still, but still, there's this little thing across all sports called 
free agency. And Mike Trout, instead of deciding to leave the Angels, he decided to stay. And because Mike Trout wants to stay with the Angels, he is now synonymous with losing. It's not Mookie Betts' fault he got drafted by the Red Sox and was able to help a, a winning organization help uh, help them win more championships. It's not his fault that he was the catalyst of that championship team in 2018 with the Red Sox. It's not Mookie Betts' fault he then got traded to the Dodgers, another great organization, and he was the catalyst for that team winning the World Series. And I'm not sure Mike Trout would have the same postseason success if he was on the same teams Mookie Betts was on. Mookie Betts was a huge piece to those teams winning the World Series because think of this. If you don't think the playoff resume of Mike Trout matters, then you don't want, you don't care about sport for the competitiveness. You just watch baseball because you like numbers and you like math. You don't watch baseball because you actually like, you actually want to see someone win. You actually want to see someone take home that World Series trophy. You just want to see it to see someone put up the stats because that's what Mike Trout does. He puts up the stats. And I'm not going to sit here and say Mike Trout would replicate his regular season stats in the postseason because what I have to do is go look at Clayton Kershaw. He is arguably the greatest regular season pitcher in the last, what, 30 years? Maybe all time? And what is he in the postseason? The, almost the exact opposite. He's one of the worst postseason pitchers we've ever seen, especially, especially considering how good he is in the regular season. So I can't just say Mike Trout would be able to become the, this phenom in the postseason like he's been in the regular season. It doesn't work like that. There are players like Kershaw who struggle when those lights get brighter, when the playoff atmosphere turns on, it's a pressurized environment, and sometimes players get a little, a little antsy, a little anxious. Sometimes they curl up to a ball when they go up to the plate or they're on their mound. So I'm not going to just sit here and say Mike Trout would be the same level of greatness in the postseason as he was in the regular season because we see it across sports. Look at Peyton Manning. Regular season, great. Postseason struggle. Look at Paul George. All-star level, MVP type caliber player in the regular season. You don't want him in the postseason. So there, there are guys like this across all sports who are great in the regular season. And I'm not saying Mike Trout would be one of those guys in the postseason. But if I'm saying I would rather have the guy who's proven on the big stage, that's not me being a Mike Trout hater. I, I just would rather have the guy who I know can do it in that pressurized environment. And for two guys who are so similar, you think you'd be disrespecting Mike Trout. Uh, everyone who came at me today acted like I wasn't saying Mike Trout's an all-time great. He is an all-time great. But when I'm looking at those all-time greats and you got a nitpick, the, his lack of postseason resume matters. Go look at ESPN's top 50, 100 greatest players ever and go tell me, any all-time great player that has one playoff hit through the first 10 years of their career. And then get back to me because guess what? It doesn't exist. Of the top 50 all-time greatest players of, according to ESPN, Mike Trout is the only one through the first 10 years of their career with one postseason hit. There have been other guys that have only made the one uh, that have only made the postseason one time in their career. Look at Ted Williams. He's an all-time great. He made the postseason one time in his career. But guess what? He went to the he went to multiple wars. See, not multiple wars, but he went to World War II during his career. So that definitely took a hit. And yes, there are other guys who struggled in their first postseason, just like Mike Trout. But there's no one that's only been to one postseason through the first ten years of their career. And if they did just go to one postseason in their first decade, they have more than one playoff hit. So 
it's not just me saying I'm not just being a Mike Trout hater. Just because I don't think he's the most undisputed best player in baseball, that doesn't make me a hater. I just think, look at Mookie Betts. He's a similar player. He's way more fun to watch. And I've seen him do it multiple times on the big stage. I know what he can do for me on the big stage. I don't know Mike Trout can do what Mookie Betts has done on the big stage. So for that reason, who would I rather have, according to The Athletic, for the rest of their career? Mookie Betts or Mike Trout? Give me Mookie Betts because he's proven He's a World Series champion, and he's just way more fun and exhilarating to watch. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Don't forget to come back tomorrow because it's the Locked on D-backs podcast, so it's your team every day. And go give a listen to Locked on MLB Prospects with Aram Layton because he does a great job hosting that show. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!